Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Justus Piquelas, uh, founder of Monita, or Moneta, M-O-N-E-T-H-A. Justus, how are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Richard. Uh, very, very eager to share some news and share some uh, Monita uh, description about uh, uh, with your audience. Yeah, tell me a little bit about your background. Where do you come from and uh, what got you into uh, this venture? Yeah, so um, to tell a very long story short, uh, I've been in business for, uh, I guess, around eight years, starting with, uh, you know, something that was really like in, in high school uh, event management. And then uh, as I went into my university years, really got interested in uh, entrepreneurship startups. I had a few ups and downs uh, in, in terms of my entrepreneurship journey. Uh, and uh, I met my co-founder, Lourinas, in university. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that we always were the uh, first ones to come, uh, last ones to, to leave at the uh, university's uh, kind of a co-working space, which was created for the students who had, uh, who had their businesses. And we uh, knew each other very well. Uh, and we knew that once, you know, once our ventures, other ventures will, will uh, stop and we'll be looking for something new, we'll do something together. So um, having that in mind, I went uh, to work for an uh, angel investor in Asia for about a year. And when I came back to Europe, uh, Lourinas was also free uh, after, after, his, uh, uh, after his startup. And we decided to do something uh, with the payment processing because that was really, really something that uh, interested both of us. As we did, you know, we understood, uh, do research, understood that blockchain technology is something that is super valuable in, uh, in terms of, and, you know, revolution, I, I don't need to tell that to, to your audience, a revolution in, in, payment, in payment processing. So uh, I had a, let's say, three year, uh, around three years ago, I got interested in blockchain technology, and that's uh, thanks to Andreas Antonopoulos. Mm. Uh, I was, uh, he was the first one to kind of intru- uh, uh, introduce me, and, and, and kind of I heard uh, the ideas that he was spreading around, evangelizing. I really like those. And uh, once we... Uh, Understood that we want to, you know, do payment processing, and that would be powered by uh, uh, blockchain. We thought that, you know, we should get some funding in order to do that. Uh, so we thought about two ways: uh, do going the uh, traditional venture capital uh, route, uh, 
are familiar with, uh, were to do an ICO. Uh, that decision was made around uh, January 2017, you know, about 10 months ago, uh, as the ICO craze wasn't as, uh, you know, popular as it is now. And we thought about those two ways um, and thought, you know, that the best way would be not only because there were, uh, I would say, uh, a little bit unproportionate amounts raised by startups, but the biggest value was that, you know, you have investors all over the world. It doesn't mean, it doesn't matter what your geographical location is, you can raise money. And once you do, you have multiple investors, a big volume of investors. And what better way for a product like ours, which needs a big adoption all around the world, what better way than to have, you know, these evangelists uh, who are your investors? So we decided to go the ICO route. And uh, Neil Orinas and together we approached uh, Andrei Rutsky, who's our CTO. Uh, we, you know, looked uh, at some, someone who's super competent in uh, software development, who had uh, big experience, and Andre did. He worked at the um, uh, ad tech company called Adform. It's pretty big in Europe. He was the VP of uh, software development, of uh, a leader of 350 people. And we approached him by saying, you know, why don't you quit your high-paying job and, uh, uh, you know, join a team, a startup in which you have to pay uh, in order to uh, in order to work. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's back up a little bit. So, <clears throat> the name itself, Monitha, it's a combination of money and Ethereum, or what's the origin of the name? That's interesting. That's interesting that you you're telling this. Uh, I think uh, it's the first one. Uh, there was a lot of speculation around the name, but the name comes from the Latin. In Latin, moneta means uh, currency, uh, money, and uh, in uh, Italian, it means currency. In multiple uh, places in the world, it means coin. Um, so we wanted to uh, bring a little bit more spice into it and add H uh, af- uh, after uh, the T. Uh, so you can find an Ethereum acronym as some kind of uh, as some kind of a tribute to Ethereum because we're using Ethereum blockchain. So uh, y- you get this combination of this Latin and international world together with Ethereum. And okay, so and tell me, like, real basically, so what is Monitha? What's the premise of it? You want a, a payment okay, so, rail or, you know, just boil it down to like two senses for a start. Yeah. So we have two versions. Versions that we came up as, you know, our geeks came up with it is Manitha uh, is creating a decentralized trust and reputation system uh, that is working flawlessly together with an efficient payment processor empowered by smart contracts and uh, on the Ethereum blockchain. So this is a kind of a technical, but, you know, we really like uh, the, uh, the name, the, the kind of description that uh, that uh, community has given us. And uh, it is a new generation PayPal with a trust layer on top of it. So this is something that we really appreciate by the community, that they uh, boiled it down to you know a very uh, simple-to-grasp uh, uh, sentence. Okay. So just to... Just so, just to give an example, you know, we do payment processing, and people think that you know this is our main kind of value proposition. But there are many payment processors, uh, cryptocurrency payment processors. Our main value proposition is our decentralized trust and reputation system, and this is where we go into the rabbit hole of understanding uh, the complexity of it. So, in very basic words. Uh, we do provide a trust and reputation for merchants. This is a merchant uh, service. So 
we're uh, let's say uh, I don't know if you're aware of this uh, of this project called Trustpilot, uh, but they're they're providing a reputation for businesses, and we have a philosophical kind of uh, thought that it's impossible to give a merchant a reputation or trust uh, that is not combined with payment. So with Manitha, we're combining these two things, payments and reputation, and together uh, they work like, you know, bread and Nutella. <laughs> In terms of uh, when you pay, every transaction is rated by a smart contract and it's done automatically uh it's either something that you uh do it yourself manually if you want to uh leave a customized review but if you don't leave it if you forget to leave it or you know people sometimes don't care that much to leave it a smart contract recognizes how trustful was the transaction and then uh rates it so uh, as well, mentioned what does know, that mean though like, like how do you rate the trust of a transaction correct so these are the many data points that we will be collecting. Uh, the difference between Manitha's payment processor and other payment processors is that we collect a lot of data, not only uh, the transaction value, but also what was bought. We're registering uh, the uh, uh, the warranty. We're registering the time where the uh, you know uh, how the transaction went. If there was a claim, you know, in in very basic kind of understanding, uh, let's. Think that you know a default. If you don't leave, if you don't make a claim, or if you don't leave a negative rating, uh, that was a good transaction. You know, you got your goods or you got your service, and there is nothing, uh, nothing that you wanted to complain about. So this is how we, you know, uh, in order for us to boil down in very, very specific details what is going to be uh, the reputation rating uh, when. The mer- uh, when the buyer forgets to rate the merchant, uh, there needs to be collected a lot of data points. But the main premise uh, behind this is that. Well, all right. So if a buyer doesn't rate a transaction, I can see why they wouldn't. Because let's say I buy something and it takes three days to ship to me. Or let's say I buy a sandwich from a, I don't know, a deli. And I leave and I go eat the sandwich. You know, I don't. Maybe the transaction was just neutral, but I eat the sandwich and the sandwich was really good. And now I think, oh, that was good. You know what? I, I really liked uh, how the guy took extra care in making it. Or they shipped me the item and I got it and it's everything's looking good. I love it. And I had a question about it and I called them. And yeah. So it seems like the trust evolves after the purchase. And I would think a lot of purchases would be like that. So do you have a mechanism to ask people if they don't rate a transaction or even if they do, it sounds like you want to update their thoughts about the transaction once it's consummated, you know, a day, three days, a week later. So it seems like Absolutely. you need a mechanism for that, you know? Absolutely. And there, uh, this is where, you know, you're starting to understand the, the, the whole concept that, of course, we don't rate for transaction once it's in, instantly once it's made. We're, uh, we will wait, you know, of course, for uh, a person to receive goods. Uh, for a person to, as you mentioned, to finish uh, his sandwich, you know, uh, but one thing that we really kind of focus on is e-commerce because there is a lot of fraud, there is a lot of uh, chargebacks, uh, there is a lot of, let's say, uncertainty. And because, for example, you go into a, a store, a physical store, and you buy something, uh, you kind of, you know, once is a physical store, there's uh, human interaction involved, uh, there's uh, 
trust already being built. But for example, for a merchant who's living in China and wants to participate in global commerce, and maybe he sells something uh, really extraordinary, very rare, or maybe something that is uh, cheaper than anywhere else, but he doesn't have uh, the tools, or let's say he doesn't have the chance to participate in global commerce unless he joins a centralized uh, marketplace like uh, Alibaba, let's say. Mm. Uh, so when he does, and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of merchants don't do that because uh, of uh, several reasons. You know, first of all, there are fees. Second of all, it's something that you're um, kind of tied to in terms of. Uh, when you sell something, there is a race to the bottom. There's there it tends to be that you know the merchants who. Um, well, I can tell you the, low, the, the lowest the lowest price uh, win, and you know yeah. for, for for to have an alternative to build your own uh, online presence, uh, it is it is a great tool to have to uh, build a reputation that would be recognizable all over the world. Hey, here's here's another experience. So. On Alibaba or on Amazon, Amazon especially, you don't get customer data. <clears throat> Amazon does. Correct. So yeah. you're forced to use their platform, their rules, adhere you know, to what they're doing. You're in a competitive environment, and you don't really have a chance to interact with your customers later. They either come back and buy or they don't. So it's a real – it's like – well, it's not really slavery, but, I mean, it's not a very good setup. It's like indentured servitude. So this is good that you have this one – Interesting use, <clears throat> I thought of from a marketing standpoint. So let's say I sell X, you know, I sell a widget. Um, I want people to rate the transactions, but it gives me a reason when I follow up to ask them to rate to rate the transaction later, and to say, "Is there anything anything else we could be of service?" Or, "Hey, here's another item you may want to add on to what you bought." So it's a it's it's a marketing function too, not just uh, this trust. You know, it, it seems to lift all boats. You know, it's a it's a good thing. Of course, those are those are really good points, especially about the data uh, that Amazon collects. You know, it's a centralized marketplace. They're the one. They're the ultimate beneficiary. Plus, uh, imagine this. You know, for example, you're selling on Alibaba and it's going pretty well, but you want to explore other fields. Let's say you want to sell on Amazon, and for example, in Alibaba, you built your trust. Uh, to whatever extent, let's say 2,000 reviews, 2,000 great reviews. You're a trustful merchant. But if you want to switch uh, the platforms, you cannot transfer that uh, that trust. So this is something that, you know, our users also told about, you know, that they're very, uh, very kind of uh, disappointed that there is no feature to uh, universalize the, the trust. Oh, interesting. That makes sense. So... Uh, are you? Let's say someone does work with Amazon or Alibaba. Is there somehow that you can interact with their merchant account to uh, to get them data on the customers, or at least build up a trust rank, regardless? Or it's only if they don't use Amazon or Alibaba and they use your system. So you, what you're meaning is, can we, let's say, uh, get some data and create a new profile for them on Manitha uh, of their trust that they, they already built, right? Yeah, do you aggregate um, the trust that's out there from you know their Alibaba ranking, their Amazon ranking, their whatever rankings, do you aggregate that in when a new merchant comes on board with you? Yeah, so we do have, you know, uh, just because we're in this kind of very in, in very interesting 
that product phase where we're exploring and, you know, trying to figure out what merchants want and, you know, build the product by their demand. We're working with the merchants very, very closely. We're having this, uh, you know, thought uh, from Silicon Valley that do the things that don't scale in order to scale, to kind of understand what are their needs and uh, build the product accordingly. And yes, we do have ideas how to, uh, let's say, piggyback <laughs> the, the trust that they, that they uh, already built uh, online and, and, and make it uh, something that they can use in Manita. Uh, but this is something that we I would love to talk about a little bit uh, later as we're figuring out what would be the best platform to do that. What about the, um, the transactions themselves? Is Monitha literally the merchant account? Like what, what part of the process are you in? If, if I have an e-commerce store, do I use like a, a Monitha merchant gateway to process my transactions? Exactly. Exactly. You do have to register. You have to go through the screening process. We only, uh, want to collaborate with merchants who are not in the gray zone, who are not, who are not do, uh, who are, uh, aren't doing anything illegal. So, for example, you know, when when we started our merchant, uh, uh, our payment processor, which you know we already built an MVP, which uh, lets a person in either Magento, WooCommerce stores, or custom built e-commerce stores uh, use our uh, payment processor. Uh, we got a lot of inquiries from merchants who, you know, let me just say <laughs> they're not doing very, uh, let's say, uh, clear business and, and, and transparent business. Sure. So, so you know, we always decline those, do a screening process, understand who's the person behind it, and uh, and only then integrate them into, into our platform. It is for us important that uh, at the end of the day, people who would see that the merchant is selling through Manitha and he would have a good rating in Manitha, they would be super comfortable in buying from that merchant because he, they would know that he's trustworthy. trustworthy. And since you're um, you know, going to be using smart contracts, I would think that you have another benefit. So not only can you let a, a, you know, a merchant take credit cards, but are you going to let them take crypto as a payment form? Yeah, so this is you know we're starting with niche. We're starting with crypto and under uh, and understanding how we can evolve together with this market. This is a uh, a niche market which is growing super fastly, but we're not delusional. We understand that the main population adoption may come in two years, may come in three years, maybe five. Who knows? That's why our main kind of trick uh, up our sleeves and something that we're developing uh, throughout the whole process and uh, staying very flexible with our uh, technical decisions is fiat-to-fiat uh, uh, fiat transactions, or for those who don't know, the, tra- uh, the traditional currency to traditional currency being processed through you know, the Ethereum blockchain. Very, uh, in, uh, very similarly what uh, Circle does from peer-to-peer fashion, we want to do it from uh, a buyer to a merchant. So both the buyer would, you know, uh, transact, let's say, U.S. dollars, and the merchant would get U.S. dollars. But the transaction would happen faster, it would be, uh, it would happen uh, cheaper, and it would uh, benefit with the smart contracts and benefit with, uh, trust, uh, with a decentralized trust and reputation system. So is it crypto first and then fiat later, or is it both at the same time? You know, what's going to be available on your platform to merchants? Yeah, so we're, when we're looking at our technological milestones, we're definitely 
uh, doing uh, crypto first. We want to, you know, really stay, <laughs> you know, it may, it may sound funny, but stay true to our roots uh, and really uh, service the ones who want to spend their cryptocurrencies. Even the whole idea of Monetha has started uh, from from the has started from the need of our, us founders. You know, we wanted to uh, transact cryptocurrencies. We had ethers, but there was no elegant platform to spend them at merchants so we you know this was the kind of the first stick uh, to use uh, to use blockchain to, to use uh, uh, cryptocurrencies but as mentioned you know not necessarily a backup plan but something that you know an additional value something that is our in in long-term vision is doing fiat to fiat transactions and when you say crypto is it ethereum or what about bitcoin are you going to take bitcoin too so Obviously, Bitcoin has uh, scalability issues, of course, as uh, the same as uh, Ethereum does. Uh, but the thing is that at the moment, we're uh, transacting uh, Ether to Ether in a very simple form. Very uh, soon, uh, and as our first uh, technological milestone approaches, we will uh, transact uh, the ERC-20 tokens, Ethereum-based cryptocurrencies. Uh, and of course, we do look at other cryptocurrencies, but you know we're staying uh, very confident uh, that Ethereum will um, solve these, uh, solve the uh, solve the scalability issues. Whether that's going to be uh, proof of stake, off-chain uh, state channels, maybe you know uh, plasma or, or block uh, size increase, we'll see. But this is something that we're uh, looking forward to. What about integrating Shapeshift? So, um, you know, people can funnel their other cryptos into Ether that might increase your, um, you know, the merchant's availability to take to take crypto. That's a good idea. And that's something also that is uh, uh, something that's being developed at the moment that the merchants would be able to um, use uh, API uh, exchanges, APIs. So, for example, he could choose from the preferences how fa- how soon um, uh, he wants to exchange uh, his crypto currency received into fiat currency, and, and that's you know the the uh, the kind of uh, how tolerant is the merchant in terms of the cryptocurrency volatility. So that could be every five seconds, that could be every five purchases, that could be instantly, that could be every five hundred dollars that he wants to. Uh, convert his cryptocurrencies into uh, fiat currency. And this is, again, something that, you know, was the first kind of question that was raised by our uh, test users, uh, that they would like to uh, to have that. And we're starting to build that. Yeah, because you could have a front end, so at least you could accept Bitcoin. You know, users wouldn't know, for instance, that maybe it's, it's shape-shifted into Ether. They would just know, okay, oh, I could also pay in Bitcoin too, which is a huge payment rail in crypto. So it's just my idea Agreed. throwing it out there. Agreed, and, and this this is a this is a great idea, and you know, but uh, at the moment, looking at Bitcoin uh, again, it 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 rise and, and kind of again the uh, the popular uh, kind of uh, top of top of mind uh, cryptocurrency is Bitcoin, and we definitely understand that. But that's in our opinion is you know um, the gold, uh, you know, uh, kind of something that is very uh, unagile. Uh, but I do, I do agree with your idea. Uh, at the moment, we're trying to again focus on the on the niche, and that is Ethereum. Yes. Okay. Um, what's on the uh, the roadmap for you guys? You know, you have a lot coming. 
but uh, where are you at right now? What's coming in the next three, six, nine, twelve months? You know, let's give folks uh, an idea of when this is going to roll out and where you're at right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm very glad that I can share this with your audience. So we finished our ICO just uh, six weeks ago, and this is something that is still uh, super, uh, super hot. You know, something that we have to uh, take care of the legal stuff, take care of the for, uh, formalities, uh, opening up uh, development offices. Because our main um, company is in Switzerland, uh, but our uh, development office is in Central Europe, Lithuania. Our sales and business development most likely is going to be in Singapore. These kind of things just to prepare the ground in order for us uh, to really boom on 2018. So, of course, the main focus at the moment is hiring the best developer team as possible, adding to what we had pre-ICO. Uh, adding the, you know, uh, I don't know how, how people are aware, but we raised uh, 95,000 ethers uh, in 18 minutes, which at that moment was worth uh, $37 million. So we do have capital, and we're going to use that capital very smartly, and we do understand that at this point of time, really the hardcore building, uh, the uh, the development of uh, Manitha's technology is the most important thing. So developers first, but uh, in terms of uh, being able to service more and more merchants with a product that is more elegant, that is something that will have a beautiful interface, uh, we're looking at somewhere in mid-2018, late-2018, where we will be able to enable uh, the, uh, the trust and reputation system where we will have our own wallet for people to use all the necessary functions uh, that it provides. Yeah, and what what kind of feedback are you getting from potential merchants now? Do they want to accept payment in ether and keep it in ether, or do they want to convert part of it to fiat or all of it? You know, what do they what do they want to do? What are you going to let them do? That's a, that's a great idea, and we're going to let them uh, do the, uh, the things that you know they're the most comfortable with. But surprisingly, or maybe not, because those are the people who are early adopters, those who are uh, aware of the crypto world or their friends are aware of the crypto world, they want to keep it in, uh, in, in cryptocurrencies. Most of them are really keen on, on uh, having that. So, of course, that's something that is built with the first base of, uh, of merchants as long, uh, you know, the further we go, uh, the less kind of... Uh, um, awareness there will be about the cryptocurrencies and people will want to exchange into into fiat currencies but at the moment we're getting a lot of crypto enthusiasts who uh, firmly believe in the future of ethereum okay i mean that's great you just so you're going to leave it open to them as to if they want to keep their their sales in ethereum or are you going to you know that's totally up to their preference yeah very good yeah, because I could see them say, all right, you know, we'll keep 80% Ether, but we need 20% Fiat for other operations, or, you know, they could choose their split, I guess. That's nice. That's creative thinking, and that's definitely that, that we would let them uh, to do. You know, as, it depends on the uh, tolerance of the cryptocurrency uh, volatility. As now, it is uh, super volatile. Uh, people uh, sometimes, you know, are concerned about it, uh, when we approach the uh, the merchants that haven't you know been very familiar with crypto, but you know that might change, and we're going to be you know as mentioned very uh, 
let's say, data-driven and understanding what merchants need because this is a service for the merchants with, which is going to be uh, built for them. And are you going to deal with um, only online merchants and websites? Or are you going to actually at some point have a physical terminal where people can swipe like Stripe or you know any possible integration yeah. with them or a physical device? Yeah, that's, uh, that, that, that's something that we're looking forward to. Uh, in later stages of Monita, we're thinking about, you know, mid, late 2019. First of all, we want to really uh, pin down on the uh, on the e-commerce as we feel our solution is uh, the most useful there. Uh, but I feel that, you know, even now uh, we get inquiries from, from uh, the physical stores who are using, you know, uh, uh, point of sale. Uh, terminals uh, to, to integrate with Monita uh, to accept cryptocurrencies because they're getting, you know, this kind of lively feedback from their customers. Maybe we can pay with cryptocurrencies and they're looking for these payment gateways. But um, in terms of in terms of uh, the retail, we're looking at somewhere mid late 2019. Again, really focusing on the e-commerce once that's uh, being taken care of, like uh, in, in a very flawless and elegant solution we will uh, switch uh, some of the resources to retail too. And what about accepting fiat? I know that's, you know, I I know you're starting with crypto, but that's where the, you know, by far the biggest pool of money will be. (laughs) I know that'll come later, but, you know, do you think it'll come at all or do you think you guys are not even going to touch that? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to, we're going to get into fiat, uh, currency uh, payment processing because as you mentioned you know as I as mentioned before there's you know we do not know when the mass adoption for cryptocurrencies as a currencies will come in uh, that might happen in five years that you know that might might never happen so that's why we understand this and and, and we're working on the fiat to fiat solution it does take more than you know uh, it, it is it, it is a little bit harder uh, to do uh, to do that, then the cryptocurrency pay uh, cryptocurrency let's say payments in terms of that we want to do fiat to fiat processing under the Ethereum blockchain. Fiat to fiat payment processing is is super easy. You would see you know the code all, all the payment gateways have the same code, and and for us uh, it is it is still important to use the blockchain technology as you know I mentioned in in your podcast just in in, in the beginning. We understood that blockchain technology is a revolution in payment processing. So either way, we're going to use that and only that to uh, eliminate all the unnecessary intermediaries and uh, do the transactions faster, cheaper, and with trust. Yeah, it also sounds like, you know, and I'll stop leading you down these paths in a second, but um, it also sounds sounds you, you could license your trust application to regular fiat merchants to give them a taste for what you guys can do and maybe, you know, get into that market without having to get in fully. Again, just an idea that, you know, the trust is a valuable thing in itself, that system that you're going to set up for any merchant, regardless of how they take payment. Richard, so either you have a very creative mind for product or you are spying on us. Because uh, we're because we're into this because because we're already strategizing how we can do that you know uh, piggybacking let's say on the uh, on the uh, payment processors and you know getting some data and understanding it's still in very reform uh, as we 
uh, as we see saw this opportunity and uh, trying to figure out how we can implement this. But yes, you are you're right. This is definitely one of the paths uh, that we may go. Okay, well, excellent. All right, well, I'll stop with the crazy ideas and uh, we'll just focus on, <laughs> on your stuff. But. All right, um, so how can people, um, I don't know if you have a beta set up yet, or how can merchants listening and people listening uh, get involved more with Monitha? Monitha? That's easy. That's easy. Uh, you can go into monitha.io, uh, check our website, understand what it's all about, <clears throat> uh, all the social medias. We're super active on those. None of the questions are being lost. Every uh, question is being answered. And if for a merchant, you, you know, all you have to do is uh, to just press on the button, try our MVP. Or if you want us to lead, uh, you know, if you have a WooCommerce store, or you have a uh, Magento store, or even custom-built e-commerce site, you can either do that, or if you don't have a lot of, uh, well, not a lot of, but just a, a basic uh, technical uh, knowledge, all you can do is uh, write an email, so shoot it an email, merchants at manitha.io, and uh, our customer service will, will take care of you uh, to, to help you with the setup. Oh, one question. Uh, I forgot. Uh, we'll move this back earlier, or maybe we'll keep it here. But what's the role of the token? And what's the token's name? Is it Monitha token? Uh, again, what's the yeah. role of it? That's, uh, that's a great question. This is uh, our token acronym is MTH. Again, uh, a little bit of a tribute uh, to ETH, but uh, our token is super involved in our ecosystem. So our transaction fee is 1.5%, and a third of that, 0.5%, goes into the pool of uh, the, for the token holders. And this is not a dividend-based uh, token. This is a utility token, so those... Uh, the, the token holders who will uh, be holding tokens long term, they will be eligible to claim their portion uh, proportionately to what they're holding to get these tokens to get uh, to get these tokens in to their uh, uh, the NPH tokens into their app of Manitha and then use it as a voucher system. So for their purchases for Manitha merchants, so there you can see the whole ecosystem that has been set up for both the uh, token value to rise and for the merchants to be uh, able to use uh, Manitha tokens, uh, Manitha, uh, the benefits of Manitha tokens. This has been uh, done, at first we thought about, you know, doing a profit sharing token, but as, you know, we consulted with KPMG lawyers in Switzerland. They have been great in forming uh, the, the whole structure of the token for it not to be a security and for it to be uh, a, a utility token. So we're super happy about it. As regulation starts cracking down, we're uh, we're feeling uh, we're feeling safe, and both uh, the uh, the buyers, the token holders of Bonita, are also excited about uh, about this form. Okay, very good. Logistics, this is awesome. It's, uh, you know, I can't wait to see how this grows and uh, takes hold. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Richard. And if anybody has any questions about Manitha, either shoot it team at Manitha.io uh, or Eustace, J-U-S-T-A-S at Manitha.io. Any social media platform that is comfortable to you, uh, we're definitely going to be uh, taking care of you, answering all of your questions. This has been a great half an hour. Thanks. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, 
February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.